Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Jenny Tinghe-jong's debut novel, Four Treasures of the Sky, takes place in the 1800s and centers on a Chinese girl in America during a time when racism against Asians in America was rampant. It's been praised for being timely in reviews, which, if you think about it, is not really a great thing for a book about violence and racism. Zhang talked about this in this interview with NPR's Aisha Roscoe about writing historical fiction when the history doesn't seem that long ago. And Zhang says it doesn't feel all like fiction either. Dai Yu is a Chinese girl who's kidnapped from her homeland and taken to late 1800s America when anti-Asian sentiment is surging throughout the Western frontier. We learn about her and the ghost she carries with her in Four Treasures of the Sky, a surreal and sprawling story spanning two continents. It's historical fiction that lays bare the human tragedy behind the infamous Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. It's also Jenny Tin Hui Zhang debut novel. She joins us now. Welcome. Hi, Aisha. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, the main character and really the beating heart of this story is Dayu. Dayu is named after this seemingly mythical character, Lin Dayu, who has a tragic story. And from the beginning, Dayu has this very complicated relationship with that name. C- can you talk about that? Yes. So Lin Dayu is a character that comes from this novel called Dream of the Red Chamber, Hong um, Lo Meng in Chinese. It is a real book. It is one of China's four great classic novels. So in my novel, Dayu is named after this character that comes from this famous novel. And this character, Lin Dayu, she is a poet. She's the best poet of her time, you could argue. Um, she's also very sensitive and um, she has a tragic life in that she's an orphan. Her parents die when she's very young and she falls in love with her cousin who ends up marrying a different cousin under false pretenses because he believes that uh, this other cousin is actually Lin Dayu when it's not. And so when Lin Dayu learns of this, she dies. So my character, Dayu, is so aware of the fact that this character she's named after has such a tragic life and a tragic end. And the core question for her from the beginning is, is everything bad that happens to me in my life because of the fact that I'm named after this very tragic character? And if that's the case, how can I escape the confines of my name? How can I become more and become my own person? Yeah, and it, it's really, it's, it seemed like, you know, this idea of how much of your life is fate and how much is it that you own and that you make it of it what you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, throughout the book, I I start many sections with, this is the story of yes. dot, dot, dot. And that kind of repeats throughout. So I think a large part of this story is about, you know, how do we create our own stories? In this story, you have a ghost form of Lin Dayu. So mm-hmm. this is the character from the famous stories. She 
appears in your story as a ghost. Like how how do you want the reader to interpret Lindayu the spirit? Yeah. Um, so a little backstory on that. I yeah. I never thought that she would actually appear oh. in kind of the form that she does. But um when Dai was, I think, in one of the scenes where she's in in that room after she's been kidnapped, um, and it's dark. And I was just thinking, she's about to go on this very long and very difficult journey. I don't think she can make it without some sort of companion, whether it's real or imagined. She needs kind of something to hold her down and to be with her along the way. So that was where this kind of spirit or ghost uh, of Lin Dayu came to be. But at the same time, I think she represents um, a very childish part of Dayu that she is also seeking to grow apart from and evolve from. In this story, uh, Dayu takes on many identities, including disguising herself as a man at one point. And, and you have this section about what it means to be a man that I would love for you to read. But being a man demands more. For the ruse to work, the transformation must take place under the skin, in all the corners of myself that I have not yet even come to understand. What does it mean to be a man? My experiences then told me everything. It was a matter of believing oneself invincible and strong and owed everything. Mm. When I read that, I said, that is a word. (laughs) That that is is a word um, about men and a certain form of manhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like I felt like Dayu really had, um, I feel like she got men's number with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how did you come to that? Because there is this thing of your strength, you're strong, you, you feel no pain. None of that is true. Men feel pain and all yeah. these things. But there's this idea that men shouldn't and that they should go around the world really as if they're invincible and they're not. Right? Right, right. Physically, and I guess you could say emotionally, no one, no one is. No, um, no. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if we were? But it we are would. Not. <laughs> It'd be amazing, but it is not. And it is so it's not. unfortunate. It is, I think it's the saddest realization when you discover that there is like harm and evil in the world. And Mm -hmm. I think her experiences up to that point lead her to this realization. Um, And maybe sometimes it's the wrong realization, but it is the conclusion she reaches that Mm -hmm. she can't trust men. And in order to be able to even survive and exist, she kind of has to become a man because that's Mm. what the time and the environment and the people demand of her. Your book is set against the backdrop of another moment when this country saw a great deal of anti-Asian racism. And there is a lot of rising anti-Asian sentiment and violence happening right now. You you recently published an essay in The Cut magazine about how that makes you worry for your parents. And I I guess I, I just, I wonder... 
what does that feel like releasing your book in this moment when so many people don't even know about the atrocities that happened to the Chinese back then, and then you're still dealing with violence today? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people describe the book as timely and like now more than ever, that sort of um, phrasing, yeah. you know. I don't look at that as a good thing. Mm. It's unfortunate that it's timely. It's unfortunate that it is still relevant. Um, When I was writing this book, it was when COVID first hit and, you know, we had phrasing of Kung flu and Chinese virus. And I remember I was writing part three during this time and writing, you know, all the names that Chinese people were being called, all the attitudes towards them. And it just, it didn't even feel like I was writing about history. It just Mm. felt like so present day and in the moment. And I know this book is historical fiction, but when I look at it, it's not history and it doesn't feel like fiction. It is very much our reality right now and, and for a long time before right now. That's Jenny Tinghui Zhang. Her book is called Four Treasures of the Sky. Thanks so much. Thank you, Aisha. This was wonderful. <laughs> 